and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as All the Trees of the Field Will Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah. It's a cultural quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony, and I am joined today by Austin and Bo. Hello, Austin and Bo. We are the We are the A B of comedy. Yes. This looking for our C. We're doing some A B testing this episode. That's uh that's a joke for you web developers out there. Or marketing managers. Or marketing managers, yes. Or social media managers. Does that help do a Lipa? Or does she do numbers when she does her list of, of her new rules? I don't know that her rules are A B tested. To be honest, like I, I don't see a lot of evidence that they were. <laughs> but I guess in a good A/B test, I wouldn't have known that it happened. Right, mm, that's true. Austin, so last episode we t- we talked about what you were drinking before we started the episode, and and you are again drinking a beverage. Would you like to share, Austin, what you're drinking? Today I am drinking water. Okay. With a splash of lemon juice and just a. Tiny little splash of orange bitters okay. to uh to brace to brace me. Sir. Well, what are you drinking? Oh, this is a great question. I am drinking Chicago tap water. I think mine is safe. Okay. Um, I, I have I have no evidence, but I think it's safe. And there's just kind of an insane amount of chapstick around the rim of my glass already. <laughs> well, chapstick is a natural sterilizer, so you should be you should be okay. Austin, I don't think that's true. You can always A-B test the water for parasites <laughs> and things. What's an A-B test? I think I, I, think <laughs> I missed that, that joke. The basic idea is you give like half of your web audience one type of advertisement and half of your audience another type of advertisement, and you see which one works better. You can do it for just like the way that you structure the website too. You can be like, oh, does this button get more clicks in red or green or that kind of thing? This has been our uh, web developer fan cast. (laughs) Yeah, we also develop web. What flavor chapstick are you working with? So I'm working with, uh, checking it out now, it just says skin protectant sunscreen SPF 12. So I think I'm working with uh, the SPF flavor, (laughs) which actually I think stands for sun protection flavor okay. uh yeah Ooh, it tastes safe <laughs> it, it truly does i taste it i'm like i don't need to lock my door tonight <laughs> <laughs> do you normally get broken into your house by the sun uh no no i think it's just a more all-encompassing uh feeling slash flavor of safety okay good i i know no one asked me but i had chocolate flavored almond milk today Wow. Um, the the unsweetened. It's still sweet, but there's no added sugar. I find that yeah, the added yeah, yeah. sugar is a bit it's a, yeah, it's a bit too much. Yeah, for I, sure. I'm I'm an almond milk drinker myself. Uh, may I, may I ask where you acquire your almond milk? Little little local spot called Treasure Island. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's America's it's America's most European supermarket, according um, to its slogan. <laughs> I went to I went to the Treasure Island uh, across the street from Second City two years ago, and I haven't been back inside because I was like, "Oh, this is priced like a Whole Foods, but isn't quite as nice." Yeah, um, that's. <laughs> I was confused. If I were to take someone on a 
shopping center tour of Chicago, those would be the exact words I would use to describe Treasure Island. Do you guys think that almond-flavored chocolate milk would be good? <laughs> I don't even know how you would kind of wrangle that into existence. Yeah, that, that sort of stretches, stretches the definition of, of chocolate milk. Or milk chocolate almonds. These are all permutations of... They do put almonds in chocolate sometimes. They do, yeah. From time to time, they are known to do that. You guys, I'm about to make a really good transition. Okay. Almonds grow from plants. Uh (gasps) And plants are the theme of today's episode. No! (laughs) 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 (sighs) I was hoping it was going to be about, like, plants at a magic show. Oh, no. Uh, unfortunately, that is not the theme. Austin, have you ever been a plant at a magic show? I haven't. Okay. So uh, that's all for that that little <laughs> aside that we were going to do. Have you? Have any? Have have either of you? I've only ever been to one magic show in my entire life, and I was I was very young at the time, but I was extremely amazed by everything that was happening. So people may have thought I was a plant based <laughs> off of my extremely positive reactions <laughs> to magic. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever actually been to a magic show, at, le- at least not willingly. I've found that most of the magic that I've been exposed to has been kind of like, when will this conversation end? <laughs> mm. Sort of in-your-face street magic. Yeah, in- involuntary magic. Uh, I did have that once. I was I was eating dinner with some friends, and a, a man, without any prompting, approached our table and performed a few... A few feats of, of of magic. He sent a, he sent a ring through what appeared to be a solid bar of metal. Mm. Did you have to tip him? <laughs> well, have to definitely not. Should have maybe did no. If he received no money from our table, <laughs> a few a few light applause. <laughs> just just light applause. You weren't that impressed. He didn't make a human disappear or anything. Well, it's hard to do. So he was doing up close magic, and it's there's a, there's a limit to what you can do magically up close. Yeah, I guess that's true. And if he had gone far enough away to do some of the more impressive tricks, you likely would have returned to your meal that you were trying exactly. to enjoy. I just completely ignored him, which is what we had hoped to do from the start. <laughs> hey, check this shit out. <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm just gonna eat this pizza. We are all set. Our first category of trivia is grass. Oh, no. Mm. We're going to talk about grass. Marijuana. Am I doing it well, right? <laughs> So I, I chose, in what I thought was going to be a subtle, silly joke, the themes of the episode are grass, trees, and weeds, mm. which I thought, I thought might appeal to our stoner audience. Or our panda audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing people listening to this and just cheering outright. (laughs) (laughs) While people in pandas. Finally, a podcast for the the marijuana enthusiasts among us. (laughs) About grass, trees, and weeds. No, we're actually going to talk about we're going to talk about real grass. Scientific Latin name, pronounced according to Wikipedia, Poaceae. Oh, I always hear Laurel. <laughs> when, when Wikipedia pronounces grass for me, um, 
That joke's not going to age well, I don't think. I hope uh, that joke is timeless, Austin, but I think if people listen to this episode more than a week from now, it's going to be very confusing. <laughs> well, Alora is a plant, so... That's true. At least on brand. So that maybe that... Hey, Austin, maybe that joke will be evergreen. <gasps> because evergreen is a feature of plants, but also a feature of jokes. Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to participate. Yeah. This old yeah, chestnut. Do you, other, do you have any other plants you can name? <laughs> uh, fern. Good. Um, low-hanging fruit would be another... <laughs> another. Nice. Gosh, I guess jokes and plants go hand in hand. <laughs> Pollen and dander. <laughs> well, close. Guys, this is incredibly stressful for me. <laughs> our first, So our first game... Let me tell you the first game we're going to play. The first game we're going to play is called Grass, Brass, or Crass. <laughs> so what I've done is I've collected threesomes, one of which is the, uh, is the name of a grass, the other of which is a alloy, copper and zinc alloys that are alloys with other, other metals, so that's the brass, and then crass is curse words in foreign languages. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to list those three words, and your goal is to figure out which of these words is a grass, which of these words is a brass, and which of these words is crass. You ready? I hope so. Good. It already sounds like you've put an astounding amount of effort into this, perhaps more than I've ever put into <laughs> anything, so I want to commend you on that. So you will find that Wikipedia has a lot of lists of things. So, for instance, there's a Wikipedia article called List of Copper Alloys, from which I lifted all of the copper alloys. There's, a web- there's also a website called turfgrasssod.org, from which I got all of our grasses. And there's a website called www.insults.net slash html slash swear, which has a bunch of insults in foreign languages. So if I want to cheat, I now am equipped with all the information I need. You are equipped. However, cheaters never prosper. Mm. So I don't know actually how offensive... Like, these words might be crazy offensive. So if any Hindi, Catalan, or Arabic speakers are listening, I formally and preemptively apologize for the words I'm about to say because I have the English translation, but sometimes English translations don't do justice. Mm. And please email us at socallmeishmail at (laughs) gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, that would be perfect. But only if you speak Hindi, Catalan, or Arabic. And please email us in those respective languages. <laughs> and, and please please put your insults in quotes and your real insults um, <laughs> in plain text. All right, here are my first three. You have to tell me, is this grass, brass, or crass? Is it a, a breed of grass? Is it a copper and zinc alloy with some other metal? Or is it a swear word in a foreign language? Here are the three. Fescue, ashtadatu, gandu. Oh, baby. Fescue sounds like rescue. Okay. <laughs> a clue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I've heard of fescue before, so I'm going to go with grass on that one. Oh, my goodness, Austin. I'm extremely impressed. Let me tell you a little bit about the fine fescue grass. It's a cool season grass in a deeper in color. The finest grass blade of any lawn grass. It's got an upright growth habit, which creates a pleasing uniformity and a rapid germination and seedling establishment. <laughs> upright growth habit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'd pay by the minute to listen to you list that off again. <laughs> let me Woof. let me read about its drought tolerance. Very good drought tolerance for a cool season grass can go dormant in summer if irrigation is withheld. Upon return of moisture supply, it will green up again. Mm. I'm probably unsubscribing from this podcast. <laughs> it's not a thirsty grass. It is not a thirsty grass. Fine and not thirsty. Yeah. Okay, so we're now left with Ashtadatu and Gandu. Based Which... on nothing... I want to say that Gandu sounds like one of the other two. Uh, what are we thinking, Austin? I think the Gandu is an insult because it's in the theme song of Cops, and <laughs> somewhat of a Austin. You are amazing right now. <laughs> Gandu is an insult. It means asshole in Hindi. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. What you asshole? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Yes, Ashtadatu is an alloy. It is an alloy of copper, gold, silver, iron and zinc, and some other stuff. It is an alloy often used for casting metallic idols in Jain and Hindu temples in India. Wow. So, um... <laughs> so, that's, uh, so that's what that is. Isn't that neat, you guys? <laughs> like, I've never known it comes up a lot in the literature I read, but I haven't bothered to look it up. <laughs> Do you think casting Hindu idols is the same as casting American Idol? <laughs> Oh, well, sorry to take two of those, Bo. Uh, it's kind of a bump set I, spike I, sort of thing. very much a bump I, set spike. <laughs> hey, Such a never gondu. apologize for being young, bold, and beautiful. <laughs> Our next three are Cool, Corinthian, and Centipede. Hmm. Cool, Corinthian, Centipedes are waiting for you. <laughs> it's like a Man. bad improv team name. <laughs> These were all uh, all options for books of the Bible. They went with Corinthian. <laughs> a cool centipede would have to buy a lot of watches. It's a lot of, <laughs> of Audemars watches that he's got to wear. Some would say too many. <laughs> a Corinthian centipede might buy a lot of watches too. Mayhaps. I'm just basing that on my one Albanian uncle. <laughs> um, who does own many many watches Austin has very specific stereotypes of people groups <laughs> they were not A-B tested what do you think Bo? I think my grass knowledge was limited to fescue which thank goodness for that we're, we're ahead we're beating the house right now that's true you're 3 for 3 right now it was cool Corinthian centipede yeah What's, what's well done about this question, Tony, uh, is that I am not sure what the answer is, because they all sound like they could be any of them, which I suspect is by design. You, you have just taken a little trip into the mind of Tony. <laughs> Let's go by process of elimination. Calling someone a Corinthian as an insult seems dated at best, and, well, I don't know, maybe I'm just too optimistic about, about our world. <laughs> I, I think we're going to find out that cool is an insult in another language. You know what, Bo? I'm going to give that one to you for your audacity. <laughs> That's correct. Cool. It's actually spelled C-U-L, but it's pronounced cool, and it means shit in Catalan. Wow. Bo, that was huge. I feel amazing. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> How are you uh, to be honest? <laughs> 
I'm going to say Corinthian is grass. That is incorrect. Uh, uh, Corinthian bronze, also named Corinthian brass. It's a highly valuable metal alloy in classical antiquity. Mm. Highly valuable. Grass is highly valuable, too. <laughs> nice. That just leaves centipede grass. It is a, uh, it's a warm season grass. Dense, uh, medium to dark green turf. Produces an attractive lawn with a medium to coarse textured grass blade. Very low maintenance grass. And if you sew the mouth to the butt of the grass. Also, <laughs> um, no spoilers. <laughs> Warning about centipede grass, by the way. It's wear resistance, very poor. Slow growth pattern. Uh, will not withstand heavy wear. Recovers slowly from damage. Hmm. Hmm. So, like my heart. <laughs> exactly. I guess I'm just gonna empty my Home Depot cart now. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do with all this useless, weak centipede grass? <laughs> I ordered way too much of it for my football field. <laughs> <laughs> this grass has to grow tonight. <laughs> I guess, logically speaking, I must have known that there are many types of grass, but I don't think I ever really thought about it, the fact that you would use them for different things or that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, some people like a grass that can grow in acidic soil pH 5 to 6.5 and is well adapted to infertile, well-drained soil. I mean, I have a similar kink. (laughs) Girl, put me in some of that acidic soil. (laughs) All right, last one. The final triplet. They are Zarba, Zoysia, and Panchaloha. Hmm. I'll say those again. Zarba, Zoysia, Panchaloha. I was going to ask you to, but only because I wanted to hear you say them again. <laughs> are these are these Marvel or DC? <laughs> that might help us narrow it down. <laughs> Apparently that would be giving too much away, Austin. It would be, yeah, it's uh, it would be too obvious if I told you what what comics universities are derived. <laughs> yeah. Zarba. One more time, Tony. Sure. <clears throat> this one's for With you. With feeling. Bo. This one's for you, Bo. Zarba, Zoysia, Panchaloha. Sounds like a good improv team name. <laughs> <laughs> Panchaloha sounds like a rough Hawaiian welcoming party. <laughs> <laughs> or a rough Hawaiian goodbye party. Mm. <laughs> because aloha can mean hello and goodbye. <laughs> hmm. Zarba. Zoysia. Punch aloha. Zarbia. Zoysia. Punch aloha. And from the depths, a demon arose. <laughs> The sky became black, and the sun became the color of blood. Zarba, Zoysia, Pantraloha, they said. I have no patience for demons right now. (laughs) I had a morning, and I do not have time for this. Had it with you cultists. I will not take any more demons. I don't know, Zarba kind of, even if it's not a swear word, I think I'll start using it as one, because it rolls off the tongue very well. What do you think about Zarba for an insult, Bo? I will accept it. So let's put that forward to Tony. <laughs> I will also accept it. That is indeed, Austin, a swear word. And if you start using yes. it, you will offend your Arab friends because in Arabic, Zarba means shit. 
Mm. Mm. I will not start using it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we've still got a grass and a brass. Still got a mix. grass and a brass. Got your crass. I want to say Zoysia is a brass. What do you think, Austin? I like it. Or a Yiddish, a Yiddish word. Zoysia. Ah, Zoysia. Uh, <laughs> it is actually a grass. Oh. It is a warm season grass. Zoysia. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't even thinking about warm season right. grass. Shoot. Right. I should have we... given you a hint. Zoysia color ranges from light to medium green. You'll find that zoysia grass tolerates heat exceptionally well, up to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Gosh, you could be a grass sommelier, Tony, <laughs> at the worst restaurant ever. <laughs> I'll go one step further. I think you ought to be. <laughs> Roll that beautiful Ponchaloha. Let me tell you about Ponchaloha. You know, it's got your copper and zinc. It also has gold, silver, iron. It's another... Hindu temple medal of sacred significance. So, so, so also, so maybe don't say that too much either, because if it's if it's sacred, maybe we don't want to say that too much. Yeah, I feel like there was a long gap just now where we were like, can any of us say something that isn't offensive? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's sacred. I see. Perfect source of comedy. Would love to make a joke right now, but you know, it's just—it's not a water I want to dip my toes in. <laughs> the second half. So as I was looking into grasses, let me tell you. Let me tell you something about grass. Did you know that every plant in the universe is a grass? Huh. That's not true. But <laughs> maize, wheat, rice, barley, millet, bamboo—these are all grasses. How about tarragon? And I enjoy beer made from all of them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Give me some of that hay beer. <laughs> Sorghum. Did you guys know that sorghum is a grass? That actually, for some reason, I that that corresponds perfectly with yeah, my prior me. understanding of the world. Okay, that doesn't shake you to the core. It doesn't. No, <laughs> that shook me when I saw that. When I saw that listed under Wikipedia's economically important grasses section, I saw the word sorghum, and I, it almost brought me to tears. Mm. <laughs> Sorghums bring me to tears too. <laughs> I. I had to journal for two hours after seeing that list entry. (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean? (laughs) So as I was looking at these economically important grasses, I saw some, you know, rye, wheat. Uh, I saw some things that reminded me of the game Pit. Do you guys ever play the card game Pit? I don't know that I have. Oh, perfect. Austin, have you ever played the card game Pit? I think that I have. And I think that I cut up... A bunch of cards to make an art project in high school. I don't know why I'm saying I think. I did. Okay. We had to make a poster representing a beloved book, and I did a Catcher in the Rye poster because high school. I see. Yeah, that book just got you, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, that's me. I live in New York. It worked much better than the sequel, Catcher in the Sorghum. Mm. I want to read about the pitcher in the rye. Am I right? (laughs) So Pitt... Just to get you up to speed, Pit is like a card game where you trade different types of, well, grass, apparently. I always thought it was cash crops, but apparently all these cash crops are grasses. And your goal is to get a bunch of the same kind of of crop. But as I was looking this up on Wikipedia, Wikipedia has a section called Phrases Often Used During Play. And as a person who has played this game a few times, I can say with some confidence that I have never heard these phrases used. 
<laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the phrase that Wikipedia claims is often used during play, and I want you to tell me what it means. Okay. Are you ready? ready. The first phrase is chasing the bear. That refers to Leonardo DiCaprio's long hunt for an Oscar. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, I don't know. So th- this one struck me as odd because there is a phrase called chasing the dragon, mm. which is a reference to uh, heroin use. And so the phrase chasing the bear, or is it heroin? Is it her- Yeah, I think it's heroin. I'm going to Google yeah. it. I think, it's, I think it is heroin. You're trying to get that same high. uh, Yeah, so chasing the bear struck me as a a possible alternative drug use phrase. Poppers, probably. Probably. Chasing the dragon is a film uh, where illegal immigrant and drug kingpin Crippled Ho arrives in Hong Kong in 1963. It was released. Ho, huh? Is Crippled Ho an insult, a grass, or a (laughs) brass? That's that's an insult in English. Keep looking. I'm well, pretty sure it's a heroin reference. Well, I so I there was a, a reference that actually sort of corresponded with what you were talking about. It is also a slang phrase of Cantonese origin, uh, referring to the inhaling of a heated vapor solution of morphine, heroin, oxycodone, opium, or yaba, which is okay. a pill containing caffeine and methamphetamine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So heroin was one of the things you listed, and heroin was one of the things that I said. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, you guys so, are bump set spike. Bump yeah, set spike. Great job, Tony. You've passed my quiz. <laughs> Aha! You twisted it around on me. And you know, I'm on the same page now, Bo, and I'm seeing that the process may be referred to as a foily in Australian English. Because <laughs> you wrap it up in foil. Ah. Like a baked potato. <laughs> In truth, so there's a bear card in Pit, and chasing the bear evidently is when one attempts to follow the progress of the bear after trading it away by watching following trades. So that's chasing the bear. Does bear <laughs> refer, refer to bull and bear market? It does refer to bull and bear market, yes, Austin. It does not refer to heroin in the game of Pit. Does it refer to bear naked ladies? <laughs> <laughs> You've got one week to chase the bear. <laughs> and if you catch it, you get a million dollars. And with that, I've exhausted all of my Bare Naked Ladies references. Oh, I, I exhausted mine at the mere mention of them. <laughs> what do you guys think going for a hayride means? It's when you try to win by getting all the hay cards. Uh, oh, beyond the nose. <laughs> actually, you're remarkably close. I was going to say it's when, you get, uh, it's when you get killed by the Amish Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are the Amish Mafia. All we need to get started is a suggestion of a location. <laughs> and that's the rule of threes, people. That is the rule. You got it. And I'm going to complete a former triad with another postcard from Chimpanzees. Is the song I was trying to think of and make a joke out of, uh-huh. but I could not come up with it. So we'll just let it hang well, yep. kind of in, in, the, in the space. What do you guys think flaxing out means in the game of Pit? Are you not gonna Are you not gonna tell us whatever the one I almost oh, got? Oh yeah, right? that's right. I was going for a hayride. <laughs> uh, going for a hayride is when one attempts to pick up all of a commodity that one has little of because one has traded enough of it back and forth that one has an idea where it is all located. Mm. That's going for a hayride. <laughs> so as we kind of go through these, it's becoming apparent to me that I'm 
so out of my depth with respect <laughs> to the name, with, with respect to the game of Pit. Well, what's funny uh, is Pit is actually a pretty simple game. These phrases make it seem like it's way more elaborate than it actually is. So I want you to tell me what flaxing out means. Bo, what is uh, flaxing out? Oh, I think it, I think it uh, is about when you uh, switch to Aflac as your insurance provider. Oh, cover your uh, your sorghum crop. So I've never played Pit, but I do remember that big uh, Pit Aflac kind of cross promotional yeah. thing that they did in the nineties. Yeah. I think that was pretty huge. Yeah. I used to have Allstate, but now I'm flexing out. <laughs> in truth. Flaxing out is cornering the market on flax. That's uh, mm. that's one of the simpler ones. So that's the grass category. Our next category is trees. You guys ready to learn about trees? So ready. So ready? Good. I'm, just, I'm reaching for a pun of any kind, and they're just eluding me completely. Oh, we're going to get into puns later. Just <laughs> buckle your seatbelt. It's going to get good. First, though, I want to talk about trees and mythology. Trees as a, a potent natural symbol of growth, death, rebirth, of strength, of everlasting life. Trees are a potent symbol in religion and mythology. I myself don't worship any trees, but people historically have worshipped trees. So that's, that's something for you. Here's a little fun fact I found. In Arab folklore, sacred trees are haunted by jinn, which is the plural form of genie. Sacrifices are made, and the sick who sleep beneath them receive prescriptions in their dreams. Hmm. So it's like genie from Aladdin stops by and says, hey, 30 days worth of painkillers. Take this to your nearest CVS. Get on <laughs> out of here. 30 days worth of dragon to chase. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of nice. I thought, I thought that was a funny story that you would get a prescription from a gin. I sort of thought that gin were kind of malicious types of spirits. Well, maybe they give out bad prescriptions. <laughs> like dragon to chase. Like dragon to chase. <laughs> yeah, or they just, you know, they give you something that has really, really bad side effects. Hmm. First one's free. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only side effect of heroin is that I want more and also <laughs> might die. <laughs> the only the only side effect of heroin is the amazing feeling I have when I'm using it and the terrible feeling <laughs> I have when I'm not using it. Apparently there's an ancient Egyptian tale of two brothers from 3,000 years ago, but it's like, hey, ancient Egyptians, why you got to chomp on Charles Dickens' style? Mm, a tale of two brothers. Yeah. It was later made into the hit film... Prince of Egypt. <laughs> I, I can't imagine anything more colonialist than pretending Charles Dickens invented the concept of brothers. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe Prince of Egypt, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe a Prince of Egypt movie where all the voices are done by white people. <laughs> I can't imagine that ever happening. <laughs> In this tale of two brothers... One of the brothers leaves his heart on top of the acacia tree. And he leaves his heart tree. on top of the Austin. acacia tree? Austin, that'll do. This is a family-friendly you podcast. Know what, you know what I said. He leaves his heart on the top of an acacia tree, and when the tree falls down, he dies. Mm. 
it is, it's sort of a connection between the life of the tree and the life of the brother. Hmm. He didn't nice. die, notably. He did not die when he took his heart out of his chest and put it in a tree. He did die when the tree fell down. Have you guys heard about the tree that owns itself? I have not. It's a fun little aside. There's a man in the American South who planted a large tree, um, and it grew and blossomed, and he loved it so much. And uh, when he died, rather than leave it in the will of his estate, he went through the hoops necessary to give the tree its own legal rights. So towns have sprung up around the tree, but it remains within a 7 by 7 square, and it owns itself. And that's all for that story. Oh, I genuinely thought that was going to be the setup for a really elaborate pun. No. No. That's it. That's just an interesting story. It's kind of a nice thing. In Glastonbury, England, there's a tree that they claim sprouted miraculously from the staff of Joseph of Arimathea, which makes perfect sense because Arimathea is the town next door to Glastonbury, England. (laughs) (laughs) Although uh, of religious and scientific interest, the tree displays a rare phenomenon for its species blooming not once but twice per year. Oh, so thank you, Joseph of Arimathea, for your beautiful twice blooming tree. That's the kind of tree I would want to be. But it does bloom here. Okay, it does bloom around Christmas, and if the other bloom takes place around springtime, then it, then the other bloom takes place around Easter. Oh. If so, it blooms around two very important Christian holidays. So explain that, atheists. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you to go to Glastonbury, England, and see the tree known as the Glastonbury Thorn. Latin name, Crataegus Monogyna. <laughs> and I dare you to wait six months to see it bloom again. <laughs> Speaking of, of Christianity, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, known as the, the tree in the Garden of Eden from which Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit, I learned something incredibly interesting Mm. about this tree today. What is it? (laughs) Thanks, Bo. (laughs) (laughs) That was really uplifting. Tony, you gotta tell us. You just gotta. (laughs) Here's a trivia question for you that you should be able to get. What fruit is typically depicted as the fruit that Adam and Eve eat? A guava? (laughs) (laughs) It's an apple. It is an apple. Now, here's a slightly more difficult question. Do you know the Latin word for apple? Oh. Granny Smith. <laughs> I think you mean Grannyeth Smithieths? Yeah, it's the genus and species. <laughs> the Latin word for apple is malum. Now, do you know the Latin word for evil? <gasps> Mal. Malum, yes. Malum. Are the derivative of uh, malicious. So some people think according to Wikipedia. Some people think that the use of an apple is a Latin pun on the fact that malum, meaning apple, sounds a lot like malum, meaning evil. Interesting. Or, I mean, could the could the apple have come first? Could they have named evil after the word for apple? Uh, that is not within the scope of this Wikipedia article, Austin. So I, I am, I'm, out, I'm outside of my realm of expertise. I'm just thinking, in the creation of a language, Apple is not an abstract concept that would arise out of language. It's something that you name, you know? You name an Apple. 
so this this brought me to looking up a bunch of Latin puns. Turns out they're not very good. <laughs> Much to my surprise. Latin puns are not very good. But I will tell you about a couple that I found on medium.com. The ultimate Latin hack puns. <laughs> this is a series of Latin hacks. This section is about puns. One of them is something that sometimes appears on sundials, and it will say, sol, soli, sol, soli, sol, soli. All spelled S-O-L-I, S-O-L-I, S-O-L-I. Mm-hmm. So it's a pun in that, you know, it's a play on words because they're all spelled the same, but they're pronounced different and mean different things. Does anybody, do you want to guess what it means? Soli, soli, soli is what you said? Well, soli, 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 and sully. I'm going to guess something about a son. Yes. Something about being lonely. Uh, only. Only. Yeah. And. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I got as far as you did, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to say now, Bo. <laughs> I'm guessing that's like soluble probably comes from the same only thing. You know, you're, you're breaking something down. Oh, maybe. I got nothing. It means to the only son of the earth. Oh. Solo means soil or earth. Damn it, I should have said that. <laughs> You're right, you oh. should have. Because that would have been the right thing to say. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about this for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time you see a sundial, you're just going to lose your head. And you know, they come up more often than you'd expect. I'd be surprised. <laughs> the next pun is... Mea mater sus est mala. My mother is Dr. Seuss. And that's bad. <laughs> Can you, can you run it back? I will. So the key thing here is the punctuation, because one time, one way you can say it full, just as one string, which is mea mater sus est mala, or you can say mea mater sus est mala. <laughs> mea. I think that's the key, Bo. That's the <laughs> that's the meerschaum pipe. <laughs> the Rosetta Stone that we need. Exactly. Um, that's your linchpin. Mea. Well, it uses, so we just talked about malum, and it, mala comes from the same root word. So apple and, and evil both make an appearance. My mother is a bad apple. Uh, <laughs> or, or apples, my mother is bad. <laughs> Final answer. Uh, you know, I'm just going to give it to you. The first one, when you just say it all as one sentence, mea mater sus est mala, means my mom is a bad pig. Or evil pig. Oh. But if you punctuate it as mea mater, sus est mala, it means, come here, mother, the pig is eating apples. And that's where the comedy comes from, is the... <laughs> that's, that's the joke. Do you guys get it? <laughs> I'm doing that, uh, that silent laugh thing where it's like you're laughing so hard that no sound is escaping. You're bent, you're bent over so far that the mic can't pick up your laughter. That's exactly right. So those are two Latin puns I found. Thank you. So tree of life is a common feature in mythology. And I found out while looking this up that the Disney World tree of life inside has a multimedia experience from a bug's life called It's Tough to Be a Bug. Mm. 
And if you look at the Wikipedia article, it has a staggeringly complete plot synopsis of this multimedia experience. <laughs> I'm not going to read the entire thing because, again, it is... Staggering. It's staggering in its completeness. What's it called? Everyone, Everybody wants to be a bug? It's called It's Tough to Be a Bug. Got it. And the moral of the story, which, which I will read because I think it's an important thing to learn. The moral of the story is a Flick... The, the ant, back in audio animatronic form, wraps things up saying that magnifying glasses are for looking at little things, not for burning little things. Hmm. I think that's a good lesson. Another thing that comes up a lot. <laughs> One of these days, you're going to find yourself with a magnifying glass, and you're going you're gonna to be tempted to use that magnifying glass to yeah. reflect sun rays into a small bead of light and burn an insect. But I want you to remember Flick's words. Flick's audio-animatronic words. That magnifying glasses are for looking at little things, not for burning little things. Oof. That will be helpful. Because I usually pick up a magnifying glass and I'm like, what is this for? (laughs) (laughs) What do I do with this? I've I've narrowed it down to two options. You can burn little things. I can look at little things. (laughs) Just, just like purely trying to figure out what it was from first principles and arriving at like those two things is so wild. <laughs> like, is this a coaster? Like, no, no, it's got to be for burning things. Actually, a magnifying glass wouldn't be a bad coaster since you mention it. I mean, it is, I guess it is sort of convex, which wouldn't be a good balancing place for a, for a glass, but. Some glasses that would work for Yeah, it's really going to depend on your type of glass. Yeah. Or your type of grass or grass. Excuse me. did you end up yes. eating donkey chips today? No, right now I've got in my kitchen, they're, I believe they're, uh, no, they're not El Milagro. i got to go find them. Hang on one second. Okay, tell us about uh, your chips. Austin. I'm in my kitchen. Okay. Give us a rundown. Do you still have ants in your kitchen, by the way? Because don't burn them with the with the magnifying glass. Welcome back to our ASMR segment of the podcast. This is clean, hand-washed fingers crinkling a chip bag. These are El Ranchero chips, ah, which are great. I can Maybe- tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have let us guess, Austin. What the hell? <laughs> They're made right here in Chicago. This is the red bag, and the red bag has what? I can I tell. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Austin, we were going to guess. What the hell? Okay, go ahead. Well, what's the next thing I was going to say about them? What's special about the red bag? They're the spicy uh, ones. Yes, Bo. The red bag has what I like to refer to as the dust. Um, <laughs> and it's the dust. It is not as much dust as Doritos bag, nor does it smell as foul or look as silly. It's just a light kind of built-in coating of red, limey, spicy dust. And they are just delicious. Austin, I've got another really great transition I'd like to make. All right, I'm ready. I thought we were on uh, segment three, but I guess we are on segment three right now. uh, Because speaking of Doritos, our next topic is weed. Mm. 
or weeds, specifically. According to Merriam-Webster, a plant that is not valued where it is growing and is usually a vigorous growth. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> nice. Do you, do you have anything you'd like to say about the phrase vigorous growth, though? Just nice. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about uh, Yggdrasil, the Norse, the, North, Yggdrasil. the world tree. Idris Elba? Yeah, Idris Elba. Which, um, you know, is funny because he is a character in Thor. So, yes, Bo. Nice. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was funny because he's actually here today. Come on down, Idris. Have some spicy chips. <laughs> A whole bag of El Ranchero Dust Boys. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, send us send us to the weeds. Let's get let's get in the weeds with it. Do you guys know that that the term weed has no botanical significance because a plant that is a weed in one context is not necessarily a weed in another context? Yeah, mm. like some people would call their black-eyed susans weeds and some people would not. Yeah. Interesting. Or some people would call their king's foil a weed, but for some people it's aphalas, a healing salve. <laughs> what if uh, what if Sam would have said, "I, it's a weed," and then Aragorn would have said, "No, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. That term has no botanical significance, Sam. Sam, not in my context. And <laughs> <laughs> two and a half chapter digression. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not far off. <laughs> All those plant descriptions. Okay, that's cool, Tony. Lemon balm is a kind of a growing rampant in my parents' yard, and you can use it to brew tea, and you can also use it to make your flower beds really ugly. So <laughs> I think that would count. Yeah, that's a sometimes weed. The thing I want to talk about now, you guys know about super weeds? Hmm. No. Superweeds are weeds that are resistant to glyphosate. No, wait. Glyphos- glyphosate? Glyph- glyphosate. Glyphosate. Glyph- glyph- glyphosate. Resistant to something we can't pronounce it's or have any idea. To glyphosate, which is the chemical that's used in Roundup. <gasps> so basically, people are going around. They're squirting plants with Roundup. Little do they know that they're creating a generation of superweeds. Or maybe they know that they're making a generation of superweeds and they think that superweed means something very different. <laughs> or maybe it's already too late and they're under the spell of the superweeds. <laughs> they actually have no choice in the matter. I like that theory. And it's killing everything else and, and allowing the superweeds to... Profligate? Proliferate? Yeah. What's the difference between those words? Uh, profligate, I think it's pronounced uh, profligate. Uh, profligate yeah. is like uh, somebody who who like spends a lot of money. Like a profligate spender is somebody who spends without restraint. Mm. Yeah, it's similar to spendthrift, which it turns out means the opposite of what I thought it meant my whole yes. life. Yes. You guys should just do an economics podcast. I'll go eat my chips. <laughs> or or just a words that mean things podcast. <laughs> it's like, ah, yes, the spendthrift theory of economics. <laughs> <laughs> the paradox of thrift. That's an economics thing. 
The paradox of spendthrift. Here's a great sentence on Wikipedia. <laughs> According to Ian Heap, a weed specialist who completed <laughs> his PhD on resistance to multiple herbicides, lolium rigidum, which is a kind of ryegrass, was the world's worst herbicide-resistant weed with instances in 12 countries, 11 sites of action, and 9 cropping regimens, and affecting over 2 million hectares. Ooh. That's so many hectares! <laughs> so few of those words meant anything to me. <laughs> All I heard was cropping regimen. Um, hectare, a hectare is, I think it's 100,000 meters, like it's 100 meters by 100 meters. Yeah. Two million hectares! Jiminy Christmas. Do you guys ever, have you guys ever heard of uh, hogsweed? It's on my short list of nightmares, along with being buried alive and swamps. It's where uh, it's where Harry Potter visits, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where they get the beer. Yeah, hogsweed. Um, hogsweed. Hogsweed is for the the Hufflepuffs of the crowd, if you get what I'm saying. Ooh, it's a head. It's a head shop in Hogsmeade. The the Hufflepuff and Pass shop, if you will. <laughs> um. I was trying to think of some other. Uh, let's let's just derail my hogs hogsweed thing for a second and think of some Harry Potter weed pun. Okay. Spliffendor. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Hippo spliff. Uh. <laughs> serious blunt. <laughs> I was gonna go serious black and mild, but I like serious blunt a lot better. <laughs> it's so much less clever. <laughs> Who knows what they're learning in that herbology class? <laughs> uh, this isn't quite what we're looking for, but I'm still going to say it. Uh, Ron Wheezy. Ooh. <laughs> Nymphadora bongs. It's <laughs> a bit of a stretch. It sure is. <laughs> is there anything we can do with Azkaban? I'd feel good about this segment if we found something to do with Azkaban. Uh... <laughs> lift, lift the Azkaban on weed. Yeah, I think we've exhausted it. <laughs> sativa? Is there a sativa joke to be had? <laughs> Dabby. <laughs> Good. A uh, Severus vape. <laughs> or Sativa Snape, honestly. Sativa Snape. All right, you were going to tell us about hogsweed. We got intentionally derailed. So hogsweed is a plant that, uh, when it's in bloom, it's about the height of of a man. It's about six feet high. Height of an abled man, I'm sorry. It's about six feet high, and it grows in, you know, the Midwest, undeveloped land. Austin, quick pause. Bo, how tall are you? Uh, I'm not a man, apparently. (laughs) I'm... I'm a mere 5'11". Oh, I mean, you're much closer to a man than I am in that case. I think you and I need to unite in defiance of Austin's claim that in order to be a man, you have to be six feet tall. Quickly, on my shoulders. <laughs> Together to me. we can defeat him. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm really dragging this out. Hogsweed uh, exudes this kind of dust that if it gets on your skin, it's undetectable. You can't see it. You can't really tell it's on you. Similar to poison ivy. And it doesn't really do anything. 
Until, <laughs> until, oh, no, sorry. listen. Sorry. Until you walk out into the sun and the UV rays activate this dust. Whoa. Causing up to third degree burns. Whoa. Especially if it gets into your eyes, in which case can blind you within seconds Get when the dust is in your eyes. Yeah. So if you so if you have a bunch of hogsweed inside, you're fine. Hogs, yes. Hogsweed outside. Now you're talking a problem. Now you're talking problems. It kind of oh makes me gosh. wonder if uh, if vampire myths came from came from hogsweed. I wonder, <laughs> oh, sure. or some other kind People of people who were afflicted with hogsweed and were very scared of going out into the sun. Some sort of photosensitive plant. Is there anything we can do about it? I'm like oh, worried you... that I'm covered in it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going outside again. You know, there is something you can do about it, but I'm glad you asked. If you call in now um, and donate <laughs> to Hogsweed Prevention Services. But yeah, read up on Hogsweed, uh, friends and family. It's a scary thing that you probably shouldn't be that scared of, but there you go. That's good to know about. Bo, do you <laughs> have any weed fears? Hmm. Trying, trying to just cycle through my list of fears uh, and and get to that one. It's an alphabetical list. so oh, that's going to take, take a bit. Me. Yeah. Chucks. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't reckon I do. I probably, probably, it's probably hogsweed now. To be honest, mm, uh, I want yeah. to remind you that some plants are contextually weeds. So earlier on your list, do you have any black-eyed Susan fears? Careful. Yes. Oh my goodness. I I worry all the time that they will strangle out my poinsettias. Uh, <laughs> dear God. Fear. It's a valid fear. <laughs> I think a very different kind of fear than Austin's fear, but still a valid fear. Hmm. Well, you know, some of us have green thumbs, and some of us don't. Oh, that actually might be hogsweed dust. Oh, dear God. Yeah, careful. <laughs> it's got me. <laughs> you are, it's got, it's under your thumb, but you are under its thumb, if you catch my meaning. You know, Tony, I do, and I, <laughs> and, and I appreciate your facility with the language. <laughs> Austin, if you want to, you know, some people who are scared of being robbed will carry a gun around with them. If you want to, you could carry some Roundup with you. Slogan, <laughs> where there's a weed, there's a way. Why just uh, Why just me? Well, because you're the one who said you were scared of it. Oh, yes. Of hog. Well, I wouldn't yeah, want to turn Do you remember that from before? <laughs> <laughs> you remember earlier I don't want to turn it into Austin? A, <laughs> I don't want to turn it into a super weed. That's true. Now, if there's anything scarier than a hog's weed, it's super weed hog's weed. Hmm. Hog superweed. Hog superweed. Mm, what about hogsweed with a brain? <laughs> Attack hogsweed. <laughs> hogsweed merged with, with AI. <laughs> I think Monsanto's working on that. <laughs> hogsweed plus neural networks. <laughs> Monsanto's A-B testing it right now. <laughs> oh, hell Yes. Call back to the beginning of this episode. And, and that's how they all converged. <laughs> okay, well, with that brilliant callback, I want to cool us down. I'm going to say one last fact about Roundup, and then and then we'll close out the podcast. To get back into the world of culture a little bit, uh, Monsanto, ad- or excuse me, Monsanto advertised Roundup uh, as safer than table salt and practically non-toxic. <laughs> which... I think you're almost doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> I was practically sober. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Officer. 
are they is that kind of a nod to the fact that salt in extreme quantities is toxic? <laughs> I don't think they were trying to be that clever. I just think they were trying to get people to gloss over the word practically and leap straight to the word non-toxic. <laughs> That's so wild. Safer than table salt. <laughs> and practically non-toxic. <laughs> Maybe they're just appealing to are they just appealing to snails? Do you think? <laughs> barely any poison at all. <laughs> it will hardly burn your eyes out. Hogsweed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the company withdrew the spots, but also said the phrase in question was permissible under EPA guidelines. So there's that. I feel like we need just better standards than <laughs> than what I did was not technically illegal. <laughs> yeah. Could could be worse. Monsanto. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much, you guys. That that was uh, grass, trees, and weed. I had a lot of fun today. Both. I did you. too. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Austin, thank you too. I mean, you you do every episode with me, but I I feel like I should thank you every time because it's such a fun time. Oh, thank you, and Bo, thank you. Austin, thank you. Now we've and Tony, the thank you. <laughs> Um, it's a good thing we didn't have four people on this podcast because the thank yous would have been going much longer. Yeah, it spiraled out of control. Uh, factorial growth, for those of you who are who are wondering. Would how many people? Like a weed. Hey, <laughs> Tony. How many people would have to be on the podcast for the thank you circle to kind of go until our deaths? Do you be think? Honest. Be honest, please. I will <laughs> calculate that and post it on our Twitter. Okay. Cool. Twitter handle, so call me Ishmael. Um, we're up to like 30 followers now, so oh, yeah. Bo, we've Bo, been you following your career. I'm yeah, pretty Bo's... sure I follow you, don't I? Awesome. I, th- I think you do. Bo is very funny on Twitter, people. Bo, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's at Bo Feeney. That's B as in boy, E as an elephant, A as an alpha, U as an umbrella, F as in Feeney, E as an <laughs> elephant, E as an elephant, and as a Nancy, Y... E is in the middle of Feeny, E is in the middle of Feeny, N is in the middle of Feeny, and Y is in the end of Feeny. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to plug, Bo? Um, sure. Uh, I don't know when you guys are going to get this uh, get this out on the road, but I have uh, two more nights of International House of Panic playing at Under the Gun Theater. Okay. Um, and then in July, Duress Rehearsal premieres, which is another sketch show that I co-wrote. Hell yeah. You have very good pun sketch show names. And you would find it difficult to believe that I thought of them, given my struggles today. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're writing sketches, you got a lot of time. That's true. I only had six hours to prepare for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I will look into those shows, and hopefully I'll make at least one of them. Um, that would be outstanding. Austin, do we have anything else we'd like to say? Let's thank our uh, our artist who designed our logo, Anna Saranga. Thank yes. you. Let's thank Mr. Jude Schuma, yeah. who uh, is really into stocks now. Last time I talked to him, okay. he's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's chasing the bear and uh, having some success. So any, any finance questions or if you want some super weed tunes, uh, Jude Schuma. Very good music. Thank you. And I want to thank people. Every once in a while, we get an email or somebody will come up to me and say, hey, I listened to the podcast and enjoyed it. I love that. Uh, I appreciate that you listen, and I appreciate that you like it. So thanks for listening. I also want to say sorry to Tim Davis, who I've promised 
probably three times that I was going to send him a pin. Um, and, oh, yeah, we uh, have pins, but Austin is still I, getting them out. I have lost a phone since then and lost his address. I'm embarrassed to ask for it. Tim, if you're listening, I know you are. Please text me your address, <laughs> um, and I will send a pin to you and Samantha and Summer. Nice. All right, then. Goodbye. Goodbye.